Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Did you know that yearly Medicaid renewals will start again soon? This means millions of people who were enrolled in Medicaid during the pandemic may no longer be eligible for coverage. If this may impact you, the good news is you have options. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield can help answer your questions so you can find an affordable health plan for you and your family. We want you to feel confident you're covered. Click to learn more. Policy exclusions and limitations apply. Anthem Blue Cross and Blue Shield is the trade name of Blue Cross Blue Shield Healthcare Plan of Georgia, Inc. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind. I'm Paul John Dykes. Today, as always on a Thursday, I'm really delighted to be joined by John Paul Mason. How are you, sir? <laughs> Whenever you read my name out or say my full name on a Celtic podcast, it just uh, kind of <laughs> always just makes me think, why am I called that? <laughs> uh, I am all right, man. Just... Um, I've actually been watching a bit more World Cup. Watched the Poland Argentina game last night. Yeah, and they they got through by the skin of their teeth. Um, are they are they the kind of like dark horses of this tournament? Do you think, JP? The Argentina, Poland. Oh, Poland! Nah, mm. they were terrible last night. They didn't they offer anything. They got through. I mean, at one point they were going through because of their disciplinary record until 
Saudi Arabia scored that goal at the end and then <laughs> made it a bit more fair, I suppose, that they went through on goal difference. But I think that's, that's a harsh way to go out for Mexico, um, especially when you see that free kick. <laughs> that free kick was... Um, did you see that? No, I've not oh. seen it yet. I think it was Chavez, was the guy called, he hit it. He was like dead centre, maybe about 35 yards out, there or thereabouts, dead centre. And he just absolutely left, left foot, top corner. One of the best free kicks that I've ever seen anyway. Talking of free kicks um, and that delightful tracksuit that you're wearing, it takes me back to the 90s and um, i seen a... That's a cracker. I seen one of the compilations that Lil Z does on Twitter and I shared it and it was of Big Van Hoydonk. Mm -hmm. And um, listen, I'm not saying that we've got a striker at the moment who reminds me of Van Hoydonk, but there is one aspect to the contract uh, breakdown and talks, etc., that is reminiscent of the Van Hoydonk situation. So we're going to have a wee chat about some of the gossip that's going around um, at the minute, JP, regarding incomings, outgoings, as you do. We're going to touch on the World Cup because, you know, I'm actually thinking I might cover a couple of the games because there's a few, obviously, of Celtic interest. Um, Netherlands versus USA, for example. Yesterday's tagline is Carter Vickers, the best we've had since Van Dyke. And people then instantly say, there's no way he's as good as Van Dyke. And uh, obviously, that's not the question. Is he the best since Van Dyke? Um, Van Dyke's the best defender I've ever seen playing for Celtic in my lifetime. And I'm not just saying that regarding what he's done post-Celtic JP. I remember sitting watching him just thinking, this guy really is different level, completely different oh, level. Lee Martin. I remember seeing Lee Martin breaking his leg for Celtic. <laughs> I, I ran about the time, I'm not laughing because he broke his leg. I ran about the time we were wearing that tracksuit, I think, actually. Yeah. Maybe a year or two before that. Yeah. But um, I remember Lee Martin. The, the Hamden season, JP, uh, guys like Lee Martin got a game a big fella called Jim Slavin got a game. I remember him. Yeah, Barry Smith played a few games. He actually played against Rangers on one at least one occasion. In fact, he might have played twice because I think he might have played in the game with the banner. Remember, they the, the flew the banner over the stadium because we were locked out. The fans yeah. were locked out. I'm sure Barry Smith played in that game. So, you know, I've seen defenders and I've seen defenders and Van Dyke was up there. He was up there. Um, another player actually that played in that Hamden season was Mark McNally. He was um, another young product of the Celtic Academy who came through. But yes, we're going to be talking all about that. The Scottish Cup draw, there's been a friendly announced, although it was announced by the opposition side. So that's coming up on the 10th of December. That's something we're going to be covering. And we are going to be talking a wee bit about the 90s, JP, a wee bit of a throwback. Um, so tell me a wee bit about your environment in um, you know, in, in respect of the 1990s and uh, you preparing your setting for the 90s because obviously the tracksuit's a giveaway and that's a cracker uh, well I remember coming through with my dad to Glasgow um, he used to always bring me through around about Christmas time and I would tell Santa <laughs> Santa what I wanted for Christmas I think maybe by the time he got me this tracksuit I'd, uh, I'd, I'd, I'd figured out that Santa wasn't real in fact actually this is, I've not really told many people this, but I set up a trip wire in my bedroom to try and I catch this. <laughs> I love this, man. And, who, just, did, and I, who did you catch? I caught my dad putting, <laughs> putting the, the um, bag of presents at the end of my bed. But I pretended I was asleep and I didn't hear him stumble as he came through my door. 
Yeah. I'm just imagining a young JP thinking, nah, there's something about this. There's something not quite right. I'm going to have to prove what the situation I is. Shattered, I shattered Christmas for myself in one fell swoop um, by, by catching him. But, so, yeah, I think by 94 or whatever it was, whatever year this track he was, I'm pretty sure it was 94 because I think, I think we were wearing this in the League Cup final. Yeah. Uh, the, <clears throat> the, the, the Ibrox. The... I'm sure we Lou oh. McCarry was wearing that. Aye. In the, in the uh, Ibrox, yeah. you know, in his first game, I know that Frank Connor took the team that day, but it was officially Lou McCarry's first game in chat. I'm sure he was wearing the tracks. And then he scored in the last minute. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Obviously, before I was going to games home and away regularly, but um, yeah, anyway, we came through to Glasgow as we always did. It was tradition, and we'd go to the shops, and I think I picked this tracky out as, uh, as my Christmas present. And I still got it all these years later because obviously anything like that, I mean, it's Celtic for a start, but it's, you know, my dad got me it, so it means a lot. And, Big time. Um, yeah, I was at that game with him at Ibrox. Um, that was the first cup final that we went to together. And I, the 90s, I suppose, was just, um, that was the sort of time when I figured out that, you know, you need to appreciate the good times when they come along because, mm-hmm. you know, that, that 95 final was... I've said it before, but it was it was so huge in terms of for everybody associated with the club. So it meant to the players, the manager. Um, we've been in a really bad way for a long time, and uh, and so whenever we do it, whenever we do well now, whenever we win anything now, I always appreciate uh, appreciate that, appreciate the moment because you don't know when there's going to be another one, and obviously we've been very, very, very lucky to live through a time recently where we've absolutely steamrolled everybody, you know, I mean, the idea of four trebles in a row, if you'd said that to me, that that would happen one day as I'm trudging at Ibrox, seeing guys throwing their scarves in the stairwell, hearing that Coca-Cola Cup song on a loop as we were leaving and watching Wraith Rovers fans celebrating, dancing in in the streets of Wraith, as uh, (laughs) Chick Young said. Um, Aye, it was it was it was a hard time, but but like you say, it galvanises you. It galvanises you. Yeah, Whenever I'm asked about uh, greatest games, etc., uh, some people might be surprised that I always bring up the Airdrie game because it wasn't a great game. It was rubbish, actually. And back back then, that was in, in the time where I would get my my mother to tape the game, so when I came home, I could watch them again. And I watched the full ninety minutes, and it was dross. I mean, oh. Van, Ho- Van Hoedonk scored nine minutes. Great cross by Tosh McKinley, by the way. I never tire of watching the goal, especially in against John Martin. Um, but we'll not get into politics. <laughs> and uh, but but that team, like you say, it really was getting over the line for the first time since nineteen eighty nine. And it takes me back to talking about Celtic tracksuits. First ever Celtic tracksuit I had. JP was the centenary one, which I know you've got a version of now. Silk, silver, and green. I do. Love yeah. that. I, I don't tend to buy the kind of remakes of the tops. I, I only sort of get the originals, but I had to make an exception for that tracksuit top because uh, I've got a picture of myself at Little Marco's uh, play area in Edinburgh wearing my mate's version of the original at the time. So it would have been 88. And uh, just because I, I never got it myself at the time, I was like, right, I need to get that. And it is a as far as replicas go, it is a really, really good one. It's got CR Smith in the back and everything. It's uh, they've done it well because some of them you see and they're 
they're not the best. They're a bit yeah. dodge. But there, there was another thing I remember that season. Um, there was a wee uh, sports shop in Pennycook where I lived at the time. And they seem to have all this kind of stuff on tap. And there was a, a an alternative, which was the same design, but it was a jersey. And it had the wee button. Can you remember that? Yeah. It had the, the granddad collar. You posted recently. I think so, aye. Yeah, where there's like a group of, like a, a, a guy, a lassie and a kid. And they're all wearing all the different mm. versions of the, the training gear and stuff. I often look at their pictures and think, where are they now? Yeah. Um, and there was always like a, strangely enough, an American football style top, wasn't there? There was always an American with a big number in the middle, 88 probably. Um, I was cashing in on the popularity of American football at the time because remember uh, Channel 4 started showing that and it became a big deal. I, I became obsessed with the Chicago Bears for some reason. I, don't, I, I didn't really understand the game or anything, but there was some sort of like glamour attached to that's American it. <laughs> they had no idea what was going on, but I'd be like, all right, I'm going to watch some American football. They know but, how to add a bit of box office to it, don't they? Um, <laughs> exactly, aye, they really brand it well. And I think that's one of the big things down south. Um, there's loads of money in the game, we know that, but they brand it so well. JP, they make you believe that you want to watch a game and then you end up watching it and thinking, that was a bit rubbish. But they brand it to such a degree that they just get, they reel you in, they totally reel you in. I want to start off with Yakamakis because um, I'm not comparing him as a player uh, to Pierre Van Hooydonk. He obviously, you know, we signed him from the same same league. Um, and when we did sign him, I always think back to a comment that was made by Anthony Joseph, who I, I rate highly um, from Sky Sports. And he was talking at the time that VVV Venlo were looking for 12 million euros for Yakimakis had they stayed up. And obviously they were relegated and Celtic nipped in and were able to do yet another brilliant deal. But I'm looking at uh, over the last few weeks, this this story that broke last night, first thing I'm thinking is somebody's uh, a bit mischief-making because the press seem to be looking for bad news stories in, in relation to Celtic against good news stories in relation to Rangers. It's as oh, simple wait, as that. so many at the moment, isn't there? Oh, my God. <laughs> Ryan it. Kent took a great uh, shot at training. Brilliant. Uh, you know, the, that's the a headline. Squirrels have been unleashed. It's unbelievable. Uh, in one force. <laughs> It's incredible. We're going to have a wee chat about that narrative, but Yakamakis is a player who I remember when he came in being completely unconvinced by him. I thought his touch was terrible and, and obviously that came back to haunt me to a degree because he obviously kicked on and became a, a really important part of the squad. But I do remember two games, um, Hearts and Alawa, early doors, and I just didn't, I didn't see what the attraction was. He obviously wasn't fit. Um, but his goal-scoring record has been tremendous. 2021-22, uh, 29 games played, 17 goals and an assist. But if you break it down to minutes, JP, it's a, a goal scored or created every 82 minutes in his first season, followed up by this season, 21 games, far fewer starts, 8 goals, 1 assist. So in 920 minutes, 102 uh, goal every 102 minutes. Overall, he scores or creates a goal every 88 minutes. So if Yakamakis is on the pitch, he's going to be involved in a goal every game, basically. Um, he's one of the guys I thought he had that potential to be a cult player at Celtic. But recently, JP, Ancher's not been picking him. Even when Kyogo went through that wee sticky patch, is that now becoming clear as to why that's the case, do you think? Possibly, but I mean, it's, it's all kind of speculation isn't it I mean I know not things don't normally there's no smoke without fire and everything like that but I've seen enough false headlines from the Daily Record the Sun whoever else you want to name 
remember the the Thugs and Thieves uh, headline about the night out in Newcastle. Mm-hmm. Martin O'Neill was supposedly taken over at Manchester United. Henrik Larsson was in the in the in the building at Manchester United. Apparently, didn't sign for them until what three years later. So they they got it right, but I mean, not not like that. And I, I just, I, of course, there could be something in it. And if if he's been made a promise about, I mean, I've, I've read loosely what it is. Apparently, if he had a successful first season, he would get a better or improved contract or something like that. That would have been similar to what he would have got if we'd have paid twelve million for him from from uh, Venlo. I mean, that's. It seems a bit far-fetched. It does. I don't know if I picked that up wrong, but I don't know how you can go from, you know, earning whatever it was he was based on a 2.7, 2.5 million transfer to then say, all right, well, you'll get wages comparable to what you would have got there. I, I don't know. It's obviously, there's obviously a wage structure within the club and if what he's wanting is out with that, then I guess the only option is if he thinks he can get it, if his agent thinks he can get it elsewhere, then... He's 27 years old. I guess once you're the wrong... seems crazy to say once you're the kind of wrong side of 24, you need to start thinking... Mate, that was 20 years ago for me. Oh, that's <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I mean, we're not professional footballers. Um, Far from it. I was going to say thankfully, but no, I would I would obviously have loved to have been a professional footballer. But no, but they, they, they've got that window in which to earn as much money as they can. I certainly don't think if he was to go anywhere else, it would be because because he doesn't enjoy being at Celtic. Because it seems to be clear that he does enjoy being at Celtic. Mm. But with Ange's comments and uh, pressers of late, where he's kind of saying we need to be cutthroat and yeah. and that we can't sort of cling on to people. We, we've done that. We have been guilty of doing that in the past. Maybe even with the likes of Tom Rogic. At some point, we could have probably sold Tom Rogic for yeah. a reasonably good fee. And, you know, he's ended up leaving for nothing. And now he's, you know, he's struggling it. I don't I don't even know what he's up to. I've not kept an eye on whether he's been playing at West Brom or not. But there might have been a point where Tom Rogic was a, a very sellable asset. But we, we... Obviously, you show loyalty to players. And guys like James Forrest, obviously... You could you could cite him as being a, an example of someone that we've maybe held on to t- for too long because he could have possibly been sold and and played in, in the Premier League. I don't doubt that he could have done that. But Jack and Marcus. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Within, within this new regime and this new uh, setup, 
it might be, it might make, it sounds mad, but it might make sense to sell him. I don't, I would, again, like Juranovic, I wouldn't want him to go January because it doesn't feel like the right time for him to go. I'd rather he went at the end of the season if he was going to go at all. I mean, is there any real rush to get him out the door in January? I don't know. Why would I think. I think the rush is, is from the agent. I, I just smell a rat when these types of things happen, JP. You know, And that's why I brought up Pierre, because you'll remember that there was a few players around about that time who came up with this this uh, comment in relation to I was promised a, a wage increase. I mean, that was back in the 90s and, and probably things were a bit slacker then. In the modern game, JP, nothing's on a wing and a prayer. Everything's in black and white. So mm-hmm. if, if there's going to be an improved contract, it's, it's going to have been agreed in black and white, in, in the terms of your contract. It's not as like a gentleman's agreement. That doesn't exist in football. Which is what Pierre kind of alluded yeah. to. So it was like a handshake thing, like a sort of an unwritten, un, unrecorded thing that was like, oh yeah, we'll give you more money. It's like, I, that's, I not going to, that's not going to fly when you actually sit down and be like, right, mind, mind what you said. Like, Broken, no, exactly. No, I don't remember that. And, and that promises. Was pretty poor patter on whoever was dealing with the contract things on the Celtic side because you'd like to think that they'd be as good as their word, but obviously doesn't doesn't work like that. And you need to have everything tied down, like you said. It will, it will be written down. It will be in a contract. There's no way it was just a kind of oh, by the, like in the showers after the game. Uh, by the way. <laughs> we'll sort you out. We'll sort you out. Yeah, better uh, contract. We'll see, we'll see what happens. I know. And and the thing is, Celtic were really bad pre-Fergus as well because you remember that was the reason why Paul Elliott um, left the club and, and Frank McAvenny left the club first time round uh, when he was a, a real asset. And it was because there were promises that were broken by the board. Fergus comes in, Van Hooydonk, and I think the Canio uh, both accused the club of the same. But in this day and age, like you say, you know, they know what the situation is. And if that situation is after season one, which is what we're being led to believe, we're going to have a discussion about improved terms. There's no there's no way you could put yourself in a situation, JP, where you're offering this and their expectations on a completely different level. I mean, in this day and age, I'm just not buying that. So I think maybe there's a bit of mischief making in relation to the agent. Um, I think that's probably why it's broken in the press because it's not come from Celtic. Celtic have been a tight operation, certainly since Ange came in. Mm-hmm. Um, and if that's the case and they're wanting a move, I'm pretty sure Ange will move them on. And this is actually quite a um, an apt comment coming in from Jungle Lion. Welcome to the show, Jungle I Lion. <laughs> we I need a presser. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, he's going to get hit well he's at the next presser and we'll find out because he's not the type of guy that will bat it away, will he? He'll tell, he will tell the truth. He'll take so, it absolutely head on, won't he? Um, yeah. But yeah, th- there's all this kind of thing going on and simply because I wasn't convinced when he first came into the side doesn't make any difference to where I am now with Yakamakis. I'd much rather we had, uh, I've said this all season, Kyogo, Yakamakis plus a signing in January. So I think it throws a wee bit of a spanner in those works because... Although we're going to get on to someone who's been named in the gossip columns as uh, a potential target, I'm pretty sure Angel have players lined up. JP, I, I don't have that concern. But going back on to your point there about Zhiranovic and Yakimakis, is it the right time? I, I, I would probably look at that a wee bit differently and say, well, January's the right time certainly to get the replacements in. So you're thinking Champions League next year. Um, and although it wouldn't be great to lose Juranovic and Yakimakis, if they're going to go, let's do it now so that we can get 
two new players in, bed them into the team, and once we get into the Champions League, we'll be far better prepared. Rather than what we had done season after season, you know, bringing guys in far too late, JP. Sometimes only when we knew we were going to get the the uh, you yeah. know the the finance. So. I'm looking at upon it like that. If he wants to go, he's 28 years of age next week, so completely over the hill by next week, JP. <laughs> no, no, I wasn't implying that by um, by what I was saying about his about being post over the over the age of 24. I wasn't implying that. I mean, God, he's got a good, you know, four or five years at the top left in him yet, but it's where he wants to play at that time and how much he wants to earn at that time and it. Again, you could be agent-driven, I don't know, but he certainly doesn't give me the impression, and I've not seen it from him, that he's the type of player, when he's been playing recently, that he doesn't want to be there or has given off bad vibes. And I would say the same for Juranovic as well. I mean, I know people have been like, oh, he's not been at it this season, get rid of him. You know, he's... I, I don't think that I don't think that from Juranovic either. I, I, think, I think there's a few players that haven't been as good as they probably were last season. And that's probably down to a variety of things. The the distraction of the World Cup coming mm-hmm. up, which he obviously had uh, in, his, in his mind because he knew he would be a, a first-team player at. And, uh, and, you know, the the congestion of fixtures, the European games, that we've, they've, they've had a lot more on their plate, mm-hmm. you know, sort of August to uh, November this season than they did August to November last season. So... The break for a lot of them that weren't at the World Cup will will probably done them good, um, and then you know we'll see how things play out when when they come back. The other thing about Juranovic I would throw into that mix is the fact that there was those strong links to Chelsea in the last transfer window. You know, I, th- I think uh, even Fabrizio Romano, who gets it right a lot of the time, not all the time, he had mm. said you know he was on his way, and that can unsettle a player. You know, it definitely can unsettle a player. So he's had all that um, to contend with as well. Juranovic, the latest club who apparently are interested in him, is West Ham. So destination England, it would appear. What value would you place on Yakimakis, JP? I mean, we've got him until 2026, you know, so we're in a strong position to haggle. What do you think? Which is why the, 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 this rush to get him out the door in January doesn't make sense to me. I mean, if, if he did leave at the end of the season after... Scoring goals that helped secure us, hopefully another league title and maybe more than that. I, 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 as much as it would be kind of like a bit sad because obviously you become attached to the guys. You know, I was in Murphy's on Saturday after uh, after I finished work. Met up with some some pals. Paul Sheridan was playing in Murphy's and he was doing like little kind of medley numbers and he was. He, sang the Jackamacus 99 Red Balloons song and the whole place is, you know, full pelt singing it. It's kind of rare when you get a song attached to you that people go for it in such a big way and they have gone for it in a big way with him. And that usually sort of um, means that he's become the cult favourite that you are talking about. Mm. You hear the reception he gets when he comes off the bench. You know, people do love him within the, the crowd and the, the, fan, the fans do love him so but that that's two years I, I, we've always kind of said that the, the the lifespan of a Celtic player that you're going to sell is usually two years isn't it mm, yeah so, yep. that, so I, it would be falling short of that by five months if he was to go in January and I think if he was to go and you know, we all knew he was leaving and everything else and it would be all kind of made a piece with it 
at the last game of the season, you would be able to give him the proper send-off that he deserves. I don't think it would be with any hard feelings if he was to leave um, because people understand that it's not all about... I mean, obviously, the, the, the misty-eyed people would expect him to stay until he kicks his last ball in the game, but it doesn't always work like that. And I've certainly... After Henrik Larson, if you can get over Henrik Larson leaving Celtic, you can get over anybody leaving. And and that yeah. that was a store one because obviously when he came back and scored against us, it was one of the the worst nights in football I've ever experienced. It was totally. just horrible, and and that was the beginning of the the sort of end. No, actually, it wasn't the beginning of the end because we did go on to take some scalps after that in the Champions League, but. It was the, it was kind of one of the first times that we really got dented in the Champions League at home by an opposition side because mm-hmm. up until that our record at home had been really really good. I, I'm pretty sure from yeah. from from my memory we, we we would always usually at least draw against sides like we was we drew against um, Bayern Munich nil nil at home and although that might not have looked like a good result at that time, rewind ten years. And tell yourself in 1993, 1994 that we would be in the European Cup or Champions League and getting a point at home to to Bayern Munich. It would have been outrageous to say that. Um, so, but like, like Larson, Larson coming back to haunt us was a sore one. If we were to ever play a side with Jack Amakis in it, I'm sure that would be um, a sore one as well, just because you know that he gets it and you know that he loves the club. Um, I can tell that from the handful of interviews I've seen with him after games, you know, when he scored that winner at McDermott Park, mm-hmm. he basically visualised it as we were retake, as we were taking the kickoff at half, uh, after their, their goal. I love that stuff. So, yeah. But I think it's just, I think it's, I think people have to realign the way that they think about the players that we have and everything else. I know everybody wants us to hang on to everybody, but it doesn't always work like that and, we just have to trust the fact that we've got a scouting network now that is going to be picking up better players than it has been in the past. Like we're not, we're going after a Canadian international fullback who mm-hmm. looks pretty decent from the from the game that I watched him in or the couple of games I've watched him in. He doesn't, he's not shy of a tackle. He was like crunching into tackles. He's got pace. Looks athletic. He's high. He's highly rated um, from people. Over uh, over there, uh, Dominic Diamond says he's a player. <laughs> hey. that, that doesn't necessarily mean to say that that, that holds any any sway, but uh, I, I don't think he would uh, say that but, unless he, bit of specialist knowledge. Yeah, I know. I don't think he would say that unless he had something to base it on. I, I, I know that, but yeah, we're, I don't think we're shopping in the the same markets that saw us get Albion Yeti or Volleyball and Golly or. Jeremy Tolyan, or do you know? Do you know? I just think there's a different profile now for a Celtic player under this management and this this structure that leads me to not be as concerned if somebody like Jack Matthews was still <clears throat> No, you're right because I think the biggest example in recent times is when Kieran Tierney leaves and the trouble we've had with left back since then, probably right up to Greg Taylor coming to coming of age uh, because we simply didn't have that recruitment in place JP and we were bringing in players that just were not fit for purpose I mean you mentioned Bolingoli and the right back situation after losing uh, Mikhail Lustig 
yeah, well, we've, we've gone through the amount of right backs we had um, until we found that the, the guy was under our noses all, all the time and, and Tony Ralston. But you, you reminded me by mentioning Henrik Larson's goal for Barcelona against Celtic that Henrik Larson. It does trigger. But the first and last goal scored by Henrik Larson at Celtic Park were both against Celtic. Because he scored an OG in, in, the, in the European game. He scored an own goal, yeah, in a European game. Uh, was what it Inter Cab? Yeah, I think it was like Inter Cab Latel or something like that. I think it was one of their oh, teams. Yeah. And Larson scores his first goal at Celtic Park in this game, and it's an own goal. And then the last goal he ever scores at Celtic Park is for Barcelona against us. So both his first and last goals at Celtic Park were against Celtic. There you go. There's a wee bit of uh, trivia for you. Oh. Now, you you mentioned, we're talking about Yakamakis. Um, he's from. He was born in Heraklion in, in Greece, which is the birthplace of George Samaras, who left Celtic at a time where I would have kept him, right? But he leaves Celtic on a free transfer. So you mentioned Roderick earlier on. I think uh, Samaras was a wee bit like that. You thought he's still got a couple of years in him. Had we sold him 18 months, two years previously when he's turning up for the big games against Barcelona, we could have really cashed in on him. We didn't. We ended up losing him for now. But of course... Um, Samaras and Rogic both go to West Bromwich Albion. So you mentioned, I'm not sure what he's up to, and neither was I, so I had a wee look. Now, since Tommy Rogic has signed for West Bromwich Albion, JP, here we go. Here's a rundown of his career, right? So he's made six appearances, and I'm going to give you the minutes that he's played in all six games. 57, which is the most minutes he's ever played in a game. 32, 31, 16, 14 and 10. So in total, he's played 160 minutes for West Brom. So he's really not kicking on, is he? And you can see no, why he's I, been left out of the squad for the World just, Cup. It started, yeah, it started like on 56, and then it's gone down to to 10 or 12. Mm. It was the last amount, the last uh, minutes that he played. Nah, just it's just after gradually just been like less and less and less. And I mean, the guy was still a good player for us last last. Uh, you know, when he when he was it was last season, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, and, no, and it was one off his last season. Yeah, season that. Last, yeah, yeah, no, he was still he still did had moments where, and I think he played. Did he not play more games last season than he'd ever done? Yeah, and and I think the argument is whether or not it was his best season in terms of consistency, or certainly in the top two. People mm-hmm. argue that maybe the the invincible season under Rogers was his finest season, JP. Mm-hmm. Um, but I reckon it, it was definitely up there in the top two. Uh, seasons that he had at Celtic and I was a wee bit surprised when um, the announcement that, was made that he's on his way that he's not played or trained isn't it mm. that's going to surely impact him well into the season and we're now in December and that's always played in this, mm. this season that's, that's pretty sad I mean not a full 90 minutes under his belt aye that's not how you want to I mean it's a, obviously it's a warning Signed to uh, to any player that is leaving Celtic, but again, as much people will go, oh well, that's a shame, and you know he could still be with us, but that's the kind of sympathetic side mm-hmm. that you have towards players. And like I said, with regards to the to the, the potential future ins and outs in January, that that's the new way of Celtic is well, we're not just going to give new contracts out. Like sweeties, just for people to 
be here and not really be part of the long-term strategy of, of, of the club kind of feels like a lot of those guys are part of the old the old guard and maybe we won't see players sticking around for five, six seasons anymore. Mm. It'll, it'll be sort of probably max three and then try and make a, a decent bit of money on them and, and then replace them with somebody else, which... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of Ookla speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I'm no expert on football. I've never claimed to be, but I would imagine that is what other clubs do that are successful in, in transfer and in, in, in being a selling club or a trading club is that they recycle their, their, their team a lot better than we have in the, the past. The recycling. That, that's exactly the, the right word for it. JP, it sounds that, harsh, because you're like dealing with like Talk about human do. beings, uh, absolutely. <laughs> but it's true, it's true. And the big thing, again, you know, people were were laughing um, and spitting their tea at the uh, the headline on Monday where there was a suggestion that perhaps Celtic would be interested in Ryan Porteous and they were thinking, absolutely no chance. What we need to start remembering, JP, is that since Ange Postacoglu came in, he hasn't signed what would be regarded as a homegrown player. So your homegrown player is someone who comes through your own academy or someone who comes through another Scottish club's academy, regardless of their nationality. So, you know, James McCarthy, that's why he's regarded as a homegrown player because he came through at Hamilton, capped by the Republic Island. And we've not signed a single player, unless I'm wrong, correct me in the comments, who would fall into that category since Ange came in. And we've brought in a lot of players. So there has to come a time, because I don't think we're there yet with the B team, to promote two or three of the guys. We know who the, the prospects are, but they're maybe a couple of years off at JP. So there's going to be a period of time, maybe in the next year, two years, maybe up to three years, where we're buying the best of Scottish talent to make that quota. Because, you know, as our Scottish players get older, and you know, you look at the European squad, we need eight homegrown players in that European squad. Four can be from the academy. Four, and that's why when we look at some of the squads, um, you know the the big benches that you get in the European games, you've got guys on there, particularly last season, JP, and you're looking. I'm going. I better check who that is. Mm-hmm. There were occasions where the players were nowhere near the first team, but they had to make that quota. And I think that that was the reason. I don't rate Ryan Portress. I never have done, um, and I'd rather he wouldn't sign for Celtic. But we're going to start looking at Scottish players, uh, the best of Scottish talent. And if we're going to do it, again, I just think it's it's about recycling and it's about player trading. And that we've got enough surplus in our in our ranks that we could use some of the players that we've got maybe as makeweights to, to bring some of these guys in. Um, so I that's going to be interesting. I don't have an issue with Ryan Portis signing, signing for Celtic because of the, the one thing that I would be concerned about is his rash 
tackling because mm-hmm. I know he's been on the wrong end of some decisions, like the one where he went in on Joe Aribo and he didn't even touch him. And then Aribo laid, you know, feign an injury for about four minutes. Yeah. Probably one of the most embarrassing things I've ever seen from a football player, really. I hate that. Absolutely hate that. And I know there's maybe been Celtic players that are guilty of it. I would hate it just as much from any of our players as think such a beamer to like lie there pretending you're injured. Yeah. And Remember uh, Lafferty against Aberdeen, Charlie Mulgrew. Oh, that was one of the worst. One of the worst. Ah, well, I mean, sums him up, isn't it? But, um, but Porteous is obviously, in other, on other occasions, has been rash and, and obviously been, been red carded. So you, you don't want a liability in your team. We've, we've had a few of them in the past and, uh, they're not. They're not good. Not. Not in. Certainly not in uh, some of the massive games that we play, where you can't afford to be losing somebody. Um, but I've seen. I've got a lot of friends that are Hibs fans, and I see mixed reports on Ryan Portis. The way that they talk about him, some are not too uh, bought into his his hype, and then others think he's the best thing since sliced bread or sliced veg, as Jack Grealish said the other day. He did say that, didn't he? But that, that comes into, it's cabbage and ribs, so you get away with saying sliced veg when talking about yeah, it. Danny Murphy used, uh, he said that was another superlative pass from Lionel Messi. Oh, nice. I'd love to go through the old archive acts on episodes and pick out all the, oh, all, right. all the mistakes. That, that would be tremendous. Um, we'll get a showreel. There will be a few, a few from me anyway. Um, I normally say it and then realise instantly I've said it wrong, but... You know, it's too late. It's out there. Um, there appears to be a bit of gossip around another player who's actually at the World Cup at the moment, JP, and um, Gui Sung Cho, uh, South Korean 24-year-old centre-forward who has scored six in 18 international games for South Korea. Uh, and I think it's yet another example of us, if true, lining up a kind of younger replacement. Very much like the Juranovic-Johnston scenario, whereby, yeah, it's not like for like, but we are... You know, about four years younger, bringing them in. Um, and if we were to do that, if Yakimakis and Juranovic were to leave and we had those replacements lined up and they were to come in in January, um, no, none more so um, a, a signal that this recruitment has completely turned around. The strategy might be the same. That, that's something that Brian says a few times. The strategy, you know, bring them in young, sell them on for profit. That's the same. But we're just doing it better. We're doing it far, far better than we have done before. JP and again, there's a player that um, you know I'll be watching with with interest to see if he can uh, turn that into a, a successful move for Celtic. Now, with regards to the World Cup, we will talk a wee bit about some of the games that might interest us. Um, we will be touching a wee bit on the 1990s. The reason for that, of course, is that Simon Donnelly. I mean, you just think about we said in the 90s, he had the hair, he wore a Celtic jersey that was four or five sizes too big for him. It was the baggy era in music, it was a baggy era in Scottish football. And uh, Simon is part of a team who are putting together a tribute night in May next year at the Armadillo. And it's for, obviously, Vim Janssen and the team that stopped the 10. Um, if you subscribe to A Celtic State of Mind on YouTube, and almost 20,000 of you have already done that, you'll go into a prize draw, you win two tickets. So uh, we are going to start up our prize draws again, whereby we give something out every month. But by the end of this week, I'm hoping it will be at 20,000. And then we'll pull a lucky winner out the hat, JP. So let's talk about the 90s for a bit. It was the era, the decade of baggy, but uh, even recently I've seen a picture of Jackie McNamara when he signed for Celtic, and the jersey was literally seven or eight sizes too big for him. 
It was just horrific. I mean, that must have weighed him down. He was a bit, a wee skinny laddie back then, Jackie. Yeah, there's some good pictures of the Celtic players on on a bus at that time. I don't. It might be actually. I'm pretty sure Simon Donnelly told me that they went to uh, Loch Lomond straight after a Celtic game one mm-hmm. one Saturday, and then he was at the, he was at both nights at Loch Lomond. But there's a there's a picture of them all on a bus. And I don't know if maybe Jackie McNamara organised the bus, but they're like. It just it just looks like we guys on a school trip. They didn't look like Celtic players of 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 today. You know, they just look kind of like me and you at the time, probably um, with the shades on and the uh, I don't know chippy jumper and baggy oh, yeah. jeans, like probably like that kind of sort of setup. But no, I mean uh, obviously Simon Donnelly and and Vim Jansen, that Vim Jansen side is. That's the first time I saw, or I didn't see it with my own eyes because I was ill in bed. I've told that story before, but that that league title win in that season and that league cup victory actually, which the anniversary was yesterday, I think it was when we beat Dundee United at Ibrox. Yeah, I couldn't get a ticket for that game. I was so gutted. I just like I, I, I was my enthusiasm for Celtic was approaching fever pitch at that point because. I'd started going, I'd met my mate Michael from Saltcoats, I'd started going to games with him, home and away, he took me to my first away game, I think it was Dunfermline, away that season, and, and I just wanted to go to everything. And, you know, if Celtic were playing on the moon, I'd have been looking for a ticket, so when I didn't get a ticket for the League Cup final, they were, they were scarce, to be fair, I don't think there was, you know, a lot of spares outside the ground or anything like that, so I had to settle for a uh, the Hoops Bar in the Galgate, or formerly Macca's Bar, Frank McAvenny apparently yeah. used to have it. Before mm. I went, to it. it was uh, I was always I've always known it as the Hoops Bar, but I watched it in there, and my God! By the time Michael came back to get me after the game, I was absolutely hammered. And then, <laughs> and then we go, we got a carry out for the train uh, back to Edinburgh, and we got the last train back to Edinburgh, and then we just. I, we went out. Maybe I had no idea how I managed to go out. I think I'd started drinking at like one o'clock and then we went out to a pub in Edinburgh after the game and it was just brilliant like being able to celebrate Celtic winning a trophy but winning it in style. It wasn't like the 1-0 game in 95. It wasn't mm. fraught with tension. We beat them comfortably because shock horror, we had a good side that would go on to win the league. Yeah. And, Despite a few bumps on the way, I mean, there was a few times maybe where you're, you're thinking this might not be for us, and Rangers might actually get ten in a row, you know, and they'll be able to play their single that they released or didn't release, and unthinkable party that they advertised that then didn't happen. So, um, talking about un, unreleased singles, by the way, um, <clears throat> Celtic released a single. Oh, sorry, recorded a single um, in preparation of winning the nineteen seventy European Cup. So. Aye, so Wait, is that Celtic are here? I'm not sure which because, as far as I know, it was never released, and the, all the players from the squad were in the studio and they were doing a a single for potentially winning the 1970 European well, I've Cup. Got, I don't know what this was released for, but I've got a seven-inch single of um, Celtic are here, mm-hmm. and it's featuring the playing squad. So. Any comment? I just want to tell me what that was. If, they, if exactly, what, what people was of a certain vintage. 
totally. Because at that time, obviously, there was all this chat, JP, around um, Celtic having not made enough money as a as a playing pool, enough money from winning the European Cup. And there was agents around the England's 1966 World Cup winning squad. And there was agents around the Manchester United 68 European Cup winning squad. And both sets of players made a lot of money, if you like, from their success. And Celtic didn't. Um, so there was this chat around 1970. They brought in an agent which uh, it happened. They brought in an agent to try and make them money. And part of that was um, a single that was uh, recorded, but obviously unreleased from that era. And um, we have unearthed uh, an unreleased Celtic single from 1987, unreleased. And we have had it re-recorded by a man you mentioned earlier, Paul Sheridan and the Wakes. Mm. And it's going to be released very soon, in a couple of weeks in actual fact. And we're going to be celebrating the release by doing a 24-hour Axom weekender once again for the third year running. And we're going to be promoting it. Um, All the downloads, etc. All the profit from that, obviously, will go to good causes and we'll be announcing them very soon the songs are belter jp's heard it it's the wakes with carly connor on back and vocals and you know we're actually recording the video on saturday i was going to say is it this saturday yeah yeah aye. Aye. A- anybody fancy joining us i'm not along actually if i'm calm down get the scarf on what time what times are it's going to be, we're going to have to do it kind of early in the morning, JP, so that we avoid traffic and we avoid crowds and all that kind of stuff, but not mm-hmm. too early. I mean, I'm thinking maybe seven or eight. And then we're going to go down to the chapel, we're going to go down to St. Mary's and we have access in there and we're going to film the promo video for the single, The Glory yeah. and the Dream. So that was a seamless little um, link there. Way, that, was, that Celtic Are Here song is 1970. Oh, maybe it was used then. Maybe it was used, JP. That would be interesting. Um, I've got a few others in the house. I, I, I usually, uh, I usually sing that when I've had a few sherbets. Is there, has yeah. there been a compilation? There must have been in the past of all these individual singles that came out. Because I remember there was uh, Lord of the Wing. Remember, I showed you it the last time I sat in, and somebody was like, "Oh, that's awfully convenient that you've got it right there." And I was like, "Well, this is where I have all my CDs." So. Uh, uh, I thought I had it, but it's um, it's got like the Celtic rap on it and all that, you know. Oh, the, JP, the, super. That Celtic rap was the reason that our song never got released, "The Glory and the Dream." And I've got to say, I mean, it was as better. I'm going to say that the the Glory and the Dream <laughs> probably a better bet for a for a Celtic song than than, than the Celtic rap. I mean, that Celtic rap. I think they obviously. I know that was that was prior to. Um, was that before Liverpool? I was going to say. Aye, well, the Anfield rap, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I, I always thought they've looked at that and thought, well, it worked for Liverpool, let's try that. You know what I mean? I'm thinking of like the John Barnes bit in World and uh, World mm. um, Obviously, that was 1990. 1990, yeah. So the, the Anfield rap must have been around about the same time as the Celtic rap, 87, 88. I bought it, I've told you this before, Falkirk Market at Coasters. That's where I bought the uh, Celtic rap. Don't know where it is. I think my big brother's probably got it. Um, Jungle Line, isn't it amazing the reporting of the two Glasgow managers? One was ridiculed, the other is a messiah. Same with two Celtic players on long contracts and two of them now reborn. Pathetic journalism again. Yeah, it is. It is amazing, but we probably shouldn't be surprised. JP, you mentioned one headline that uh, obviously uh, wasn't that long ago after a night out in Newcastle. I'll go back to the um, the headline that likened Fergus McCann to Saddam Hussein. That was in, on you know the back pages of one of the tabloids. Um, blank check. 
was another one when Joe Venglos came Joe in. Venglos, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, they, they called him a blank check. And it goes on and on Doctor and on. Who? Doctor Who was another one, remember? Doctor Who, yeah. Aye. Um, and the Vim Janssen reaction as well. I know Venglos didn't obviously win anything, but I don't think he could be considered a dud manager. I think his legacy. He's got a legacy with the players they've signed as well. Yeah, and obviously the, when, he, when he passed away, you saw the respect that he, he garnered mm-hmm. from a lot of corners of the, the football world. And he was going up against a pretty juiced-up Rangers side of Absolutely. that. He spent a lot of money. Um, and I know it was it was a hard act to follow, taking over a team that had just won the league. There was obviously the momentum of that. And you saw last season when Rangers tried to do it after that season, they didn't have it in them to do it because had they given everything towards going for 55, I hear that honestly, so embarrassing how they keep going on about, I'm going, mind last season when we won 52, like how weird does that sound? I know. It's so weird. It is though they're underlying they're underlining sorry um, their belief that obviously the continuity um, myth. Yeah, of but, but it, it is. But going back to Venglos, I think I would need to check the record books. I think he only signed six players, and three of them were Mialbe, Maravchik, and Viduka. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. So you done okay. I think the other three were people like uh, Tony Warner, uh, Scott Marshall and Vida Reseth. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if he signed many more. There weren't many more players came in at that time. Mm-hmm. Was Tony one? I Tony Warner was I because he played in the uh, Lubos oh, debut, aye, in the five-one game, which might oh, just okay. be over your shoulder. There we go. Vidal Seth, absolutely. That was a. Aye, that was the first time I'd seen Celtic properly batter them, and it was glorious. It was. It, it was it was a Saturday, but it felt like it, I think it got dark quite quickly because it was obviously in November, wasn't it? And uh, it was November, I think. Yeah, mm. and it, so it got dark for like so it felt like an, kind of nighttime game by the time it was a three o'clock kickoff. If I remember rightly, I mean, but deep, deep as darkest November, yeah, you know the floodlights were on and all that kind of stuff by the end of the game. Aye, because I remember mm. uh, when when Burchill scored, it was definitely dark. Mm-hmm. When Burchill scored the fifth. And obviously, I'd kind of known him from growing up, being at school camp with him and all that. His his school was at our school, uh, was at our school camp at the same time, and uh, ah, it was amazing seeing somebody that you kind of knew scoring against Rangers. It was incredible. And his aye. daughter has gone on to play for Celtic. Tyree, yeah, probably the first. I, I think that's a first, isn't it? That a Celtic player and then their daughter has played for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Cookerbara uh, national level as well. Is that I'm right? Sure, I'm sure she's capped at international level or at whatever age group she's in. Yeah. Fair play. Axom, of course, are a patron of the Celtic women's team um, and we support them and hopefully we'll be covering a wee bit more of their games uh, between now and the end of the season. Kookaburra, USA and Australia in the last 16, it must be the Celtic influence. Uh, absolutely. Moy 
and of course Carter Vickers have uh, impressed JP. Uh, but we ran with the headline, is Carter Vickers the best since Van Dyke? And obviously they're now going to face each other, potentially, if Carter Vickers keeps his jersey. Um, do you think CCV is the best since VVD? Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I mean, I can't who's better? I can't think of anybody that's uh, anywhere near... How many times have you come away from the games going like Carter Vickers was man of the match? I know. Or he's, he's in the mix for the he's in the argument for man of the match, even if Jot has done outrageous things or Hatati's you know had a blinder or whatever. He's always um, there or thereabouts. So didn't and, we say? Didn't we say at the beginning of the season if you could keep one, who would it be? Out of Jota and Carter Vickers, and most of us were saying Carter Vickers. Yeah, I mean. Obviously, everybody wanted to keep both, but Carter, I think I said Carter Vickers at the time just mm-hmm. because centre-halves are such a a rare uh, breed of player to come across one that you can just hang your hat on every single week. And you certainly can with him. And I didn't see the game the other night, but I saw the glowing reports and apparently she strolled it and it was a massive factor in them. Uh, the, the manager, I think, decided to pick him... I mean, he did not kick the ball until no. that game, and then he comes out of nowhere and starts. So I think the manager uh, picked him based on what he has to come up with, come up against every week in Scotland, as in yeah. teams that are you know defending and trying to catch in the break. So we thought, right, well, I'll stick him in, and he's done really well and proved to everybody on the highest at the highest level how good a player he is because you don't play at the highest level like that, regardless of the opposition, any opposition that are in the World Cup are going to be decent. I mean, Canada looked good. <laughs> Canada, that was the first time Canada had been in a major tournament since 1986. I'm going to say, wow, I'm going to say something here that uh, I've been thinking about since the World Cup started, but you sound like a dafty, I guess, if you say it. But when I was working with Andy Lynch, and Andy had a real understanding of um, American soccer and obviously... The NASL included various Canadian clubs, uh, the Whitecaps, I think uh, Montreal Manique w- w- were the team he played for. And he said in his book uh, that in his lifetime, in Andy's lifetime, America will win the World Cup. And it was a bold, bold statement, right? He said, because what will happen is whatever happens uh, in terms of, say it, you know, it could be like... Um, in any walk of life, they want to be the absolute best. And we're going on about box office and, and Hollywood's kind of movie. The, that, and what one thing they never actually mastered yet is football. And they've tried and they've tried since the 70s and they've never quite done it, he says. But they will continually adapt and improve and, and progress to the point where they're a, a leader. Now, listen, it may or may not happen, but it just shows you the progress that, that's been made. Um, and I don't know how far they're going to go, but it would be interesting um, if they continue to improve because there are other footballing nations, JP, like ourselves, who I think are, are, have either gone backwards or stood still and you've got these developing nations that, that are just getting better and better and better. And a lot of the thing that was missing before was the youth academy uh, set up, but now that's in place. What you're seeing is generational talents now coming through. And I think when, when you look at the, the last 16 as a Celtic fan, what I wanted to see is I wanted to see Maeda, Juranovic, Moy and Carter Vickers all in the last 16. It's going to be tough for Japan you know, coming up against Spain. That's going to be a tough. Mm. Croatia, I'm pretty confident they're going to be in the, the 16. Moy and Carter Vickers. So I think in terms of a Celtic 
World Cup is it's been really successful, even if those four guys don't get any further. For the four of them to get to the to this stage, I think has been really successful. With, with relatively unfancied countries, I mean, mm. we didn't really think that Japan would have had a hope of getting in, getting through that group. Australia had it tough as well, um, and because what did who did Australia get beat off? Did France. I just need to check that, mate. Australia got beat uh, either. I can't remember who they got beat off, but they got beat off who you would expect them to get beat. But winning against Denmark was massive. I actually know a guy, a friend of mine was actually at the game. He was posting pictures online of the, being in the ground and I, I can only imagine it must have been incredible if there was a decent Australian contingent there for them to qualify. Because that's only the, is that the second time they've ever qualified in their history out of a group in the World Cup? It's, in, it's incredible. Just looking at the league table. Yeah, they've done so well. We, we said that though remember before it started that this would throw up a, pot- a potential outsider winner I still think that's a possibility I don't think it will be USA like Andy Lynch said but um, I, I think I think I think there's a an outsider's going to come like a a race when all the the majors fall at the the last hurdle or whatever, and then someone just comes up the inside. Steady Eddie, absolutely. You, know, you, just, you just see the level. The levels seem to be a bit more even. I mean, teams teams coming away with crazy results. You know, Japan um, being one, Tunisia beating France, things like that. You know, it's, it's thrown up a lot of shock results, but then. Obviously, the the good teams usually get better as the tournament goes on, so you've got to bear that in mind as well. But like you said, I'm really, really happy for uh, guys like Aaron Moy, who is absolutely battered by so many in our support. He's too slow, he's too slow, he's this, he's that. Get him out, why have we signed him? Guys played every game for Australia in the World Cup and they've qualified for the next and, and his and his numbers rack up. I was asked a couple of weeks back when I was down in Manchester, um, who I, who I thought would win, and I said, you know, I, don't, I never know these things, but I'm certainly I'm going to be supporting Australia. So I'm I'm delighted that they've gone um, as far as they have so far. We've got our Australian pals from Celtic Down Under who collaborate with Axom. Um, you were drinking out a twenty minute at Tim's mug. It was great to see quite a lot of people tweeting out their Spotify. Um, league table end of, end of season gig whatever it is you call it you know JP I don't use Spotify I feel a wee bit left out I don't use it there's quite a few people uh, up in arms at the fact that people listen to Spotify and I, I get it I've as you can see I have physical music and I have vinyl as well down there if I love a record I'll buy it in vinyl because I like listening to vinyl but unfortunately, the, the handiness of Spotify is is what it is, and I, and I do think that they don't uh, compensate artists as well as they should, um, because the money that they must rake in globally mm. is not evenly distributed amongst uh, musicians. Uh, but that's unfortunately not enough for me to give up the small amount of money that I pay every month. I would ra- I would far rather that it, the money was distributed better. Um, but for for me as a music nut, I do discover a lot of new music through Spotify. It throws up every Monday. It throws up a suggestion, like a playlist that is compiled based on what you listen to, and its algorithm 
it's frightening. I mean, I've discovered loads of stuff that they put in the playlist on a Monday, and I'm like, whoa, who's this? And then like, straight away, like listening to the record, and then if I really, really like it, I'll buy the record yeah. from, from the band. So, so it, there, is a, go, there is that knock on. And then I'll go and see them live. Yeah, so yeah. I'll, buy, I'll a buy a t shirt. Buy, buy a t shirt. And that, the cycle still works, but. It doesn't work as well for the system. Still works, should I say? But it doesn't work as well for bands at a certain level who who will always struggle. But oh my god, we've started talking about music and we're fifty-eight minutes in. I'm sure there's comments coming in now going, "Oh, these guys just talk about music all the time." And JP, I've got a whole section. I've got a whole section. I was going to talk about music, but you know, we, we got we got kind of waylaid with the football. I was going to say though, uh, I do remember it wasn't that long ago. Ali Beg. Uh, took a picture of his royalty check from his days um, in Bad Boys Inc. So his most recent royalty check. It was maybe about a year ago and it popped whoa, whoa, up on his Twitter. Seriously. Ali Begg was in Bad Boys Inc. Yes, man. He was. That, that was <laughs> his big break. Ali Begg, yeah. Oh, yeah. The the Aberdeen guy. That's him. Yep. Bad, Bad Boys Inc. He was, aye. I mean, he kind of <laughs> looks like he'd been in a boy band. But he honest. was. He was. I if I didn't Bad know boys, I think. I think the royalty check was something like eight quid. I think mm. that, that that. I mean, people are obviously still listening to Bad Boys Inc. somewhere in the world, and he got his. Uh, I think it's a, it's a quarterly royalty check you get as a musician, something like that. Eight pounds. So it obviously went on to bigger and better things. But Bad Boys Inc. Check out the pictures, JP. Because yeah, you used you to be on be... Celtic TV, remember? Ah, I know, I know, I remember. You need to be hitting like. <laughs> like a million streams of a song before you're even going to make any sort of reasonable cash it's uh, it's very very stacked in favour of Spotify I mean it's not the, the artists aren't doing well out of it it's uh, it's not ideal it's not ideal at all and I don't like the way that it's changed the way that you listen to music because most people don't most people don't buy music anymore let's face facts the record sales are massively down on what they once were and and that means it's harder for artists to continue being a band. There'll be bands that'll have to call it a day because they just yeah. can't do it anymore. And that's that's a worry because you're losing out on potentially life changing albums and things like that. The art the art that's gonna be lost, JP. I mean yeah. we spoke about uh, this with Sean Ryder the other week and he was talking about the situation he found himself in where he was being told by everybody that spoke to him go bankrupt, go bankrupt because he was in he was in a dispute with his ex-management team mm-hmm. and he refused to do it because he would have lost all his publishing on all his songs, that was his pension basically and eventually he got out the case having given them about half a million quid and but he still owns the publishing and the sales of, of his back catalogue. I'm just going to bring in a few comments before we leave. Jungle Lion always Welcome uh, on the show. Get Musa back on loan. Listen, I'd love that. I, I would. I don't. I don't care about romanticism. I'd love to see Big Musa. The the tweet coming out. The reveal. The big man's back. I'd love that. Uh, Kookaburra. If Gigi gets punted, there will be a revolt. Um, he is a fan favourite. We spoke about that. There's a cult of Yakamakis. Paddy Lavery, always an absolute pleasure. Thanks for joining us. Uh, the Urban Culture, here we go. Good news, Rangers. Bad news, Celtic. It's uh, World Cup break, cup title up for grabs. And like all previous breaks, when no football is on, they are running amok. Yeah, they are. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved. Um, if you like what we do, then support us by 
putting the big thumbs up on the YouTube video, subscribing to the channel if you haven't done so already. We were 22 away from the magical 20,000 figure. And everybody who subscribes, uh, new and old, will be put into the prize draw to win the two tickets for the evening in May. There's other stuff you can do. You can buy some merchandise for Christmas. It's all in the links underneath the video. I love uh, joining JP on a Thursday for a bit of music and football chat. I must um, say a quick hello uh, to Francie, who I met in Murphy's on, on Saturday. Uh, very nice chat. He's a fan of the show. Knew a lot about me. It's quite quite terrifying. He, he knew about my granddad being Polish, hence the Poland strip. And uh, was slagging me for my name as well. So um, I hope you're uh, hope you're doing all right, Francie. It was a good night on Saturday. Thanks Paul. for tuning in, Francie. Thank you, um, everybody, for tuning in. We really appreciate it. We we're 600 strong today, which during World Cup time when not much has happened domestically is phenomenal. Um, I mean, also one final thing you'll notice that we've uh, spruced up the channel a wee bit on on YouTube. We're splitting the channel up. JP, so we're going to have Celtic-only content on the Axom channel. We're setting up a new channel for all the music and film and other chat politics even. Um, so we're going to split it up. So if the music stuff isn't your thing, you can subscribe and be notified and it'll be Celtic-only content on the YouTube. So there you are. Thanks, well, everybody. People, I'm sure. It will. It will please loads of folk. Um, thanks, everybody, for supporting what we do. It's always a pleasure. And thank you once again, JP Mason, for joining me on a Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. Sports Social Podcast Network. At Discount Tire, we know your time is valuable. Get 30% shorter average wait time when you buy and book online. Did you know Discount Tire now sells wiper blades? Check out our current deals at DiscountTire.com or stop in and talk to an associate today. Discount Tire. Let's get you taken care of. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.